Bonjour, listeners. This is the Inciting Moment podcast, and um, I think something's wrong with me. I'm I'm quite literally uh, seeing green, and I ain't just talking about money quite literally burning on the screens of both TVs at home <laughs> and on uh, limited capacity within a big theater screens because who boy we got some examples of that for those who are just jumping in today my name's ian hi i'm sam howdy my name's james hello i'm scott and this is the full crew on the inciting moment and today we have some spicy stuff to cover first and foremost uh, in terms of recent things within the world of uh, entertainment media. And of course, continuing off of our previous episode in which we covered the Snyder Cut of oh, Justice no. League, uh, right. we have some, uh, some, some, some interesting news in relation to a potential sequel of all things to Man of Steel. The, uh, the, the, the godfather of superhero movies as armand white uh refers to it and uh for any of you who don't know of that mad lad go and check out his movie reviews uh he is a fascinating character a prophet really an inspiration to us all Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. essentially uh what's bad is good and what's good is bad wonderful Uh, Excellent. So I think it says something that about. if he says Man of Steel is the godfather of uh, superhero movies, um, it's best to uh, stay away from it. Uh, cool. More like, so, more like the Godfather Paul. 3, but okay. <laughs> well, at least he'll love this podcast. Yes, indeed. I think he'll uh, be right at home with it. Um, now, what's interesting is that uh, it's not so much a confirmation of Man of Steel 2. Rather, it's an announcement as to who wishes to push forward with a Man of Steel 2, who wishes to produce it. And of all people that you could have possibly imagined, I don't think you really do know of this mad lad. That mad lad who wishes to push this project forward is (laughs) Dwayne The Rock Johnson. My man. I mean, you know. The man, the myth, the legend. Mm-hmm. He's well. He was involved in a uh, Black Adam, isn't he? He is Black Adam. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of an in there. True. True. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I remember him uh, being pretty vocal about his uh, need, his desire for the Snyder Cut, and uh, perhaps after seeing what it offered. Uh, he wants uh, not just more Superman, given that for a good portion of the movie he wasn't even there, uh, but also, you know, get some more Cavill action in there. Now, is he, he just wants to produce, or does he want to, like, be involved? You know what I mean? Uh, he wants to produce it. I don't know if he wants to be involved. He did say he would like, and and this is kind of... <laughs> A no-brainer, but he would also like for it to play into Black Adam in some degree. Mm-hmm. I'd be down. Which, I mean, <laughs> kind of goes without saying he is going to be Black Adam, and 
in terms of like DC characters, uh, Shazam and Black Adam are kind of on that level of uh, soups, you know, power and all that. Yeah. So, also they use one of Superman's only weaknesses, which is magic, which is mm-hmm. just silly every time I hear it. Oh yeah, like it, it's not magic, you know, mist. It's not magic lightning. No, it's just magic, magic in general. <laughs> I don't know. It's it, it it's just like you can't always write him being near kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. So that you got to have something otherwise he's just fighting like a rock, you know. Superman's weaknesses are very <laughs> specific. It's either kryptonite, magic, bad writing, <laughs> <laughs> or Kevin or Spacey. Or Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Uh, if it weren't for the things he did, I, I, I'd say bring him back. <laughs> he was too good in Superman <laughs> Returns. He's Can't a lot better than Jesse Eisenberg. It it makes you wonder though <laughs> if uh, if if Superman's general weakness to magic is just oh yeah in general. Um, how do you think he would fare in the world of Harry Potter? So here's how it was described to me. I'm and... not here to make death matches. Okay. <laughs> Here's how it was described to me, and I know this isn't, like, the bulk of it, so I'll keep this short. Superman is not technically weak to magic. It's just he doesn't have any resistance. So it's like, Uh, you throw a fireball at him, he'll take normal damage. (laughs) You can use Avada Kedavra on Superman and he'd die. Expecto Cretonium. But he's still, like, super tough. So, like, it, Mm -hmm. it... and he's so fast. Like, how does anyone hit him? That's true. Yeah. Unless they, like, trick him. It's a field of science I don't think I'm qualified to answer. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's, that's just spitballing at that point. Uh, Man of Steel 2. Do, do, we, uh, do we even want a Man of Steel 2? It was I'd supposed to have Metallo in it, so yeah, I'm good. I think yeah. I'd be down. I think it would be a good chance to help... I'm not gonna say fix Superman, but it you know it could help flesh him out a bit more, make him a, you know, make him more of an actual character. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I think I've made my opinions on uh, it, like depending on how close they stick to where they've been going. I don't know if it's gonna be worth it. But then again, I'm still kind of burnt out after Justice League. Man of Steel <laughs> two will be six hours long. God no, <laughs> no, no. That's not even the director's cut. No. Oh, it's the regular runtime. It's a movie so long that they'll cover uh, All Stars, Superman, uh, freaking Superman, Batman, Apocalypse, and, and the Injustice storyline. All in one the movie. universe. <laughs> oh, I mm, make I, Peter I, Jackson blush with how long that. it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does beg the, the question, rings. though, uh, because um, there's also been. Uh, ideas thrown around that the Snyder verse um, could potentially see a second life on uh, HBO Max, which I would assume if they go that route, that's where Man of Steel 2 would probably be thrown onto, unless there's enough demand for it in theaters, which I mean, considering uh, hashtag restore the Snyder cut. um, Very possible. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to a potential 
HBO Max exclusive Snyderverse, do you think it could potentially have a uh, second life, a second coming of sorts on there? Because, frankly, I think uh, that the whole reason the Snyder Cut even existed was because of things like HBO Max having a community for that. I mean, I mean there's... It's... No, no, go, go ahead, ahead, Sam. Um, it, it could happen. I don't know if we want it to happen, but it could happen. I, I don't, don't but I know there though. there is definitely an audience, and uh, I'm not going to deny them that. It's not something I'd be personally interested in, though. Okay. Yeah. See, now, Same uh, here. I would love to see it r- realized fully on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I do understand why it would be not having the hugest audience in the world i mean it would probably mm-hmm. be better than anything cw has ever crapped out so yeah exactly <laughs> you hear they're doing a live action powerpuff girls show yeah like my god i want to see what mojo jojo looks like before i make any uh i on don't I don't watch put it. that image in my mind <laughs> they already casted him man like the, yeah. the cast photos are out it's wacky no, the we don't know what he looks like though. We only see saw well, the. We know the what the three. actor looks like, obviously. Yeah. Is That's he just gonna look like a, a reject from Planet of the Apes, or is he gonna be like an actual onset chimpanzee that they yeah, like? I don't know. If it's the C- CGI lip sync, if it's too. true to true CW fashion, it's gonna look god awful. I mean, I'm fascinated to see how they mess it up, but I don't exactly. Know. They're gonna get Bobo the monkey and and just uh, have him do whatever on set and no, they'll just, just give an orangutan a gun. lip flaps on there <laughs> did you just say you want to cast bobo as jojo bobo is jojo bobo is mojo jojo <laughs> look i'm not gonna lie this is actively making me depressed <laughs> yeah you should move on <laughs> yeah. indeed, holy crap indeed the Snyderverse has already won a, a failed abortion let's not talk about another <laughs> No, I want the Snyderverse version of Gorilla Grodd. It has to happen. We've had so many monkeys as of lately. We need more. More monkeys. You're tempting them to make a a gosh darn uh, King Kong, uh, uh, Donkey Kong movie. Let's not push it. Oh, let's do it. Donkey Kong v. Mario. (laughs) Dawn of the Plumber. Dude, I'm just saying, when the Zodiac Year of the Monkey hits, God help us all. Oh, no. We're going to get, like, four uh, King Kong movies every year after King Kong, The Revengeance. One for every quarter of the year. Yeah, no, let's, uh... I'm not a religious man, but I'll be praying that doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if they'll also incorporate RoboKong. There's a RoboKong? If I didn't see it, it doesn't exist. You will stop now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they... I I think it might have been a sequel to the original... Japanese King Kong versus Godzilla, but yeah, there there there's a movie in which uh, King Kong uh, fights a uh, mechanized gorilla. My God, sounds like Thank a cinematic classic. Oh yeah, it's Mechani Kong. Thank you very much, Ian. Mc- <laughs> wow, <laughs> Mechani Kong. Yeah, that's what he is. That's his name. Wh- why? Why is he called that? Because he's Technology mechanical Kong. Why not Mecha Kong? Because Mecha Godzilla already exists. <laughs> well, if Kong- King Kong is Godzilla's rival, why wouldn't Mechanicong be Go- Mecha Godzilla's rival? 
Hell yeah! We should get like a four-way slobber knocker. Ian, don't take my ideas seriously. They're bad. <laughs> well, I mean, the MonsterVerse right now isn't really taking ideas seriously, so why should I? Why should any of us? Because they're just, doing it I well. Just... I just see, like, the same scientists who work on Mechagodzilla, you know, they're high on cocaine, they got tattered clothes, like, okay, hear me out, just writes on the board, returns the monkey, okay, we got it, let's do it. <laughs> Wonderful. Funny enough, those same scientists are the producers. <laughs> oh, jeez. Alright, well, b before we get into Return to Monkey, Enter Lizard, uh, because we are very excited to dive into that one. Raging um, monkey, hidden lizard. Going back to the whole Man of Steel thing, or rather, kind of continuing from that, Henry Cavill is going to be getting some more uh, time on screen because his other hit performance, that being uh, his time as Geralt of Rivia, uh, will continue because The Witcher Season 2 is on its way with a socially distanced uh, or as socially distanced as you can get with a production team uh yeah. covid safety regulated production uh is underway and there's been some uh press photos and uh other junkets and thingamabobbers that uh show some of the production um how many of us have actually seen the witcher i have not I have not. I'm I actually not through. familiar with any of the series, to be honest. I haven't played any of the games either. I've watched my twin play Witcher 3, and it looked good. Ah. I got like halfway through so the I'm game the, and the story, I'm, a movie. I'm the, the only show. one. Yeah, yeah I don't... Please. Ian, you are technically the expert here. Please, what did you think? Uh, One of the best shows within the last uh, decade, I have uh, to say. That's Netflix, right? Yes. Yes, Netflix. Okay. Damn. It's pretty big words there, Ian. Now, when you say yeah. there's social distancing, does that mean he switches out his sword for a spear so he can keep his distance from the monsters <laughs> as he's fighting them? <laughs> they had to take some creative liberties to do all of that. I would imagine. At least in some areas. I mean, let's be honest. The, the Witcher is based off Polish mythology and Polish culture. I it makes sense. That he mm -hmm. uses a pole arm. Ha. Bingo. <laughs> ha. I get it. I, I get off it. this ride, but I can't get out. <laughs> Your seatbelt is eternally fastened, Scott. You're not going anywhere. Uh, no. But with very little doubt in my mind, yeah. It's one of the better uh, Netflix originals, but also one of the better... Uh, streaming service exclusive shows to come out within the last decade. It is very engaging. Uh, Henry Cavill does a fantastic job as Geralt. Now, whether he does a good job portraying him, I don't know, because literally the only exposure I've had to The Witcher is either watching people play The Witcher 3 for like two minutes and then going and doing something else. Mm -hmm. Or playing Soul Calibur Six, in which he was a guest character in that. So what you're saying is this is a topic that is near and dear to everyone's heart. Indeed. <laughs> well, the show isn't even about the games. It follows the books. Right. They they follow the events prior to the games. Mm-hmm. 
okay, and okay. later seasons are confirmed to eventually go into the events that the games follow, which would be interesting. But, Ian, uh, let me ask you this. Uh-huh. Is it better than Breaking Bad? Ooh, I can't comment on that. I have not fully watched Breaking Bad. Well, really? I have to admit that. I have to admit that. I have not watched Breaking Bad all the way through. I watched uh, the first season in its entirety, uh, got halfway through the second season, and I just haven't continued it. It's not that I didn't like it. It is almost entirely because I just had other things come up that I was more interested in. Well, you would and like I one of the. For that. You would like one of the last episodes because it's directed by Rian Johnson, and it's the best episode in the entire series. Rian, Rian himself directed yeah, Rian. the best Rian episode Johnson. of Breaking Bad. Oh man, oh the, the the guy that was dragged through the dirt for the last couple of years, and in some ways still is. I don't know. Knives Out got a lot of praise. Netflix oh, yeah, bought rights for Knives Out for like what four hundred thirty nine million dollars. Oh crap! Mm-hmm. Because they knew it's gold, and they're they're making everything that follows it basically. Shite. Mm. Yeah, I have some words on some of the uh, responses to Rian, but uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about bad, that today. Obviously. Yeah, uh, look, no, please. no, we're going to be here way too long. I have strong opinions that would take too long to express. Mm-hmm. Another time, another time. Tune in later. Yeah, another for, uh, time, another story for another time. Speaking of failed abortions, as the greatest Star Wars character Maz Kanata Bre- said, Bre- Breaking Bad, good show, you and you should finish it. It's very good, mm-hmm. and Better Call Saul's also very good. And uh, Witcher, I shall try. It's been on my radar, at yeah, least. I mean, if you even if you never watch the show, just that bopping song song toss the coin to your Witcher is enough. That I have seen. That's that's pretty good. If I can be completely honest, um, in terms of uh, how much I wanted to jump to the next episode, I I felt more of a pull with this than I did in some of the later seasons of uh, a little show called uh, Game of Thrones. Again, another topic. And in some ways, I actually think uh, it does quite a few things better than Game of Thrones, frankly. Yeah. They did, they did my boy Jamie dirty. <laughs> Precisely. Uh, it has a little bit more of a budget to spend within a much shorter time. So, I mean, that's probably where a lot of the discrepancies in quality kind of come from. But uh, I, I thought Witcher is essentially a good show for people who perhaps thought that Game of Thrones was... Um, filmed in a way where it leaves a bit to be desired for some people and um i think the biggest thing uh it has vastly superior action which is kind of important in a uh sword and shield focused uh (laughs) environment do they do uh like I'm, i'm not too familiar do they have to do a lot of like magic and stuff is the cg decent for uh CG is actually pretty decent. Uh, okay. You don't see too much of it. Uh, it's mainly in like using magic in here and that. Uh, they do use CG for a dragon at one point, which um, they rather smart <laughs> of them. They kind of uh, they they have it in a low light 
sort of um, environment so that, you know, the imperfections aren't as apparent. Okay. Which will be very relevant for our upcoming topics. Ah, yes. Why couldn't they just get a real dragon? Well, I don't dragons know. Are prima donnas? You have to pay dude, them in like actual. Do you know how hardcore the Polish are, dude? They probably ate them already. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. They are an endangered species. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I didn't think that far. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Can you forgive me? No. No. Aw. Never. The other problem is that dragons are sentient, so they they have some sass to them. Like, each one is different. It, they're a lot like people, and that's a bit of a problem when uh, they're also, like, three times your size. I mean, Small are you not aware of the, the Polish draconian genocides? <laughs> Look, I don't think anyway, we're ready for that Anyway, this is not a politics yet. show. Let's yeah. just continue. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, I it right, was. right, right, right. Drake Lives Matters, I'm just saying. Uh, my only real problem with The Witcher is that uh, it is a show that um, it constantly flips back and forth between uh, certain points in time, and it doesn't always do the best job of uh, indicating when we are. So oftentimes you keep thinking, wait, so is this happening at the same time as that other thing? Or, oh, wait, no, it couldn't possibly because that character's alive. This character's all the way over there when... In this area, it wasn't gone to shit, so what... Huh? <laughs> like, they don't do any, um... They don't do any, like, color grading to signify that. They don't do any kind of, like, audio thing. They don't have any subtitles that say, Oh, hey, this place at this time. Uh, nothing. They leave it entirely up to you to tell that. And in some cases, it's a little more apparent. In others... Not so much, and it kind of annoyed me in areas, but I couldn't care, because goddamn, Henry Cavill ripped his shit, and he's constantly doing things that put that to use, and he's right. a badass. <laughs> so yeah, Witcher. Yeah, when show. are we getting I Henry Cavill on here? That's all I'm here for. <laughs> eventually. I don't eventually. think we'd be able to handle his presence. Your sheer chat energy would destroy us. I need to talk to him about MMOs. <laughs> that, that's why you want him on just for yeah it'll become an all MMO podcast at we, this point we don't even we ask him, him about his movies so or that... anything i just oh, want to ask yeah. him what class he plays that's all i want to know and then we kick him off <laughs> are you telling me scott that you wouldn't bring him on just to tell him how shit his pc is no, he's got a better one than mine. His is like ten grand. I can't top that. Oh, he's got the money. Oh. He's a big boy. He's got um, the he's big, a big bucks. boy with a big computer. He's got <laughs> the big bucks. To mine pales little, in comparison to his. To Speaking end of this big little hour, yeah, to end the Cavill <laughs> hour. Although Aww. I real quick before we continue on to Big Monkey versus Big Lizard, um, I will have to say I think he really does do it a good Superman. I would love to see a Man of Steel to to further. Just see him in his role, because I would love to see him expand upon it. Um, that's oh, my yeah. Process on it. Yeah, he's if great it, as Superman. If, if that, I think that would be the one reason I would love to see the Snyderverse continue, just, just to see him play su- Superman. I think he's got the energy and the charisma. I would just love to see it come to full fruition. I just okay. never think the anyway, right answer. Anyway, yes. His Superman, for what he does, he's, he's solid. It's just the scripts that he's been working with haven't given him a whole lot to actually develop, which is a shame. But... 
that is, of course, something that we will have to uh, pay attention to, see if anything comes up, pointing to a little more certainty on the topic. But let us go on to uh, one of our two big pillars of today's episode, that being a recent uh, film that, as I was mentioning earlier, had me seeing green because of all the money that was burning on the screen. <laughs> because you know it's a movie that exists almost entirely to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, we are, of course, talking about the fourth... Yeah, fourth entry in the Legendary Pictures Monster Cinematic Universe, King Kong versus Godzilla. Now, this is a Donkey movie Kong I assume everyone has actually watched. And not mm -hmm. <laughs> The Witcher, where apparently only Ian has. I have yeah. a lot to say about this. This is a fun movie. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, it gave, it gave salt, small Sam Brain what small Sam Brain wanted. Big lizard versus big monkey. Mm -hmm. well, but effective. Oh, yeah. Scott, what did you think about the... Uh, the, the Battle of the Age, the uh, the spiritual sequel to Batman v Superman. It was great. <laughs> it was, it was a lot of fun. Very concise. Very well put. It it's a movie it. I can't be angry at. No. It, it it basically did what Superman v Batman wanted to do, but better. Yeah. I, yeah. Honestly, I came in not expecting a whole lot. Because usually I'm not big on these, like, big spectacle, like, over-the-top stuff with not a lot of character stuff. But then, like, you get in there, you see all the environments that they've laid out, all the little minute details where they try to give the monsters a bit of personality. And just, it all comes together very well. Yes. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I never... I'm really one who seeks out movies that are all spectacle and and have a script that was written by an elementary schooler. Right. But when I do, because I do like me a good, just dumb, fun, big budget mess of a movie, at least let me have fun with it <laughs> and not be so stupid that it's like brain numbing. Uh, because at the end of the day, I will always, uh, between two different choices of either a movie like this or a movie, uh, such as, uh, The Godfather, I will always pick The Godfather, but you can't always watch The Godfather. You gotta mix it up and go for something a little different in taste. And this, oh, this is a change of pace if I've ever seen one. Mm-hmm. It's just... Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how else to describe it. It was just a, just a bunch of fun. Wasn't smart, obviously, but hey, neither am I, no. so I related. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a film that's not trying to take itself too seriously, and I can appreciate that. It's a, it accomplishes everything it wants to do, and you mm -hmm. got to respect it for that. But it's also not thrown together with minimal effort. Like yeah. there are some like very clear indicators that somebody was like no 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 let's make it like this let's make it like that you know <laughs> mm -hmm. and I, I i like that like if you're gonna be stupid at least be a stupid where you put some effort in you know and i mm -hmm. love that 
and uh, the spectacle of it all, uh, it's great. I mean, both of the title monsters uh, look fantastic, and mm-hmm. the fight choreography between them in the... Uh, admittedly, only two times they fight each other, and the time in between them, to me anyway, left a little bit to be desired. Um, yeah. It's great when it happens. I I mean, I kind of agree, uh, but it's made up for it a bit by just the the gorgeous landscapes of the like the center of the earth and all that. I'll be honest, I loved how imaginative that center of the earth part was. Yeah. It was. it was like two, it was like a ring planet almost inside, and it's got gravity wells. Like if you jump up, you'll land on the ceiling, which you know then it comes right. It's just it's just cool. It was very imaginative, and I just I just loved it. I thought it was a very cool idea. Oh yeah, absolutely. I gotta be honest. I actually didn't really care for Hollow Earth. So I will and admit. Granted, okay I, I I mean the, the the spectacle of it. It it's creative. It's like oh the anti grav stuff. It's just. To me, anyway, it wasn't enough to where I can just look at and be like, oh, yeah, I'm just glad I'm looking at this uh, scenery and all that. It doesn't quite have that, like, um, that that avatar effect where it's like the main story is pretty dumb, but at least, like, the scenery and all that, you just can't see anything like this anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have seen something like Hollow Earth before. And the other thing is that story-wise, to me really didn't mean much outside of the fact that it was just an excuse to give Kong a power-up in the form of that axe. And granted, he has a home in the end. He has a home and all that, and that's nice. He doesn't have to constantly be under watch from the military. He can just be let loose and, you know, be free. But, eh. I thought, considering how long it is before he fights uh, uh, Godzilla again, I thought Hollow Earth, eh, I don't know if it was really necessary. Eh, perhaps it wasn't necessary, but it was still cool. I mean, then again, you could say there's a lot of things that were unnecessary, but they happened anyway. And the important yeah, the whole... question is, does it really detract? The whole does movie is really... unnecessary, but, like, that's the point. <laughs> Yeah, that's the point. You don't have to feel like you're missing something by not watching the previous movies. Because frankly, you could just watch this one without any knowledge of the previous one. Because they they just passively talk about previous events, and you're just like, "Oh, that's what happened." Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, I know. Except there was... for one part. Well, what part was that? Uh. I don't know how far we want to go for spoilers here. I mean, I this mean, is... this ain't no Citizen Kane, okay? All right. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be discussing this at length again, so we should get all our thoughts out now. Uh, Godzilla the fact doesn't have that a they use, uh, Mechagodzilla, how they power him is through King Ghidorah's head. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, fucking that was, dope. That was actually kind of cool. That's a pretty cool, like, acknowledgement of the movie's past, you know? Yeah. Which kind of I would cool say idea. it's at least good to see King of the Monsters, at least. Oh yeah, King of the Monsters. Great. King of the Monsters, um, it's good. The only problem with that that I say is a major issue is um, it, it's it's the human drama. In all of yeah. these movies, the human drama has always been like the worst part. 
I feel they made the most of the humans in this one in the fact that they did what they needed to do but did not eat up screen time focused on the characters you actually care about. Yeah, it was like a brief little pockets of, oh, hey, they're doing things, by the way. But and honestly, it was just to introduce, like, Mechagodzilla, essentially. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I mean, just, I, even though I loved Godzilla vs. Kong, I'm still, I still like King of the Monsters a little more. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what I'd prefer, honestly. I will say, and this is a bit divisive from what I've heard, I, I actually really like the design they went with for Mechagodzilla. It was slightly slimmer. Oh, it looks slimmer. great than like most and it just was more close to the original godzilla i, I thought it was really cool to see that and moving he can around. he can fly around with intimidating with uh with thruster jets on his back yeah where it's like it can't hit him as hard because it's made of metal so it just makes up for it with the booster jets that that's so dope yeah yeah that's the other thing like uh one of the um one of the things that they really incorporate into the fights between the monsters is this like sense of momentum of all their movements and Mechagodzilla himself was like king of that factor. Mm-hmm. Um I mean you see it a lot when uh eventually King Kong and Godzilla have their big uh showdown in uh was that Hong Kong or was that somewhere else? Oh, it was Hong Kong. Hong Kong. They had to use Doesn't matter it's Kong not there anymore. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 still a thing. Like uh, in in this universe, they they kind of harken back to uh, some of the older Godzilla movies, where Godzilla is kind of like a protector and like a hero to most people, but he still is responsible for destroying most of the city. But then again, it's like one of those unavoidable things. It's not like in um, a little film called uh, Man of Steel, where. Uh, it's directly because of how the main character chooses to fight the big bad guy. I mean, technically, if they didn't make Mechagodzilla, then Hong Kong wouldn't have gotten destroyed. The only reason he was no. attacking was because they were trying to revive his enemy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or at least that's what he conceived. Which, by the way, um, so- while while the whole thing with uh, King Ghidorah's like skull being the thing that controls it, um, and eventually takes over. It made me think, though, like, wh- why the skull? Like, that's all that was left. The brain. <laughs> that's all that was left. Yeah, that's all that was left after Godzilla super ate it. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, he he went like super atomic. Which is exactly what Mechagodzilla tried to do to Godzilla. <laughs> Exactly, yes. because Ghidorah remembered what Godzilla did to him, so he's going to do the exact same thing back. It's a hell of a Look, callback. Mm-hmm. To describe this movie, I think, in just like a concise way, I think it had to tread a line. I, like a decently, it's not like a super thin line, but it can be in certain situations in which you have to be, it had to be stupid. Like, oh, there's yeah. no way, like there's no way a normal human being could write a, a incredibly Citizen Kane-like script about a giant lizard and giant monkeys fighting for dominance in a hollowed-out Earth. Uh, uh, flat Earthers be damned. Uh, it's just... They had they had the Trithis line of so stupid it's stupid and being s- stupid but cool. So for everything... For every moment of stupidity, there had to be something cool. Absolutely. And I think, that, I think they did that line fairly well. Is it dumb that there's a hollow earth yeah yeah but it looks cool is it dumb that godzilla uh 
bored a hole straight through the center of the earth. Into, into, like somehow knowing Godzilla. <laughs> I like that Kong part. Was there. But no, here's the thing. Me, yeah, that was dumb. But holy crap, was that fucking awesome? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Just, like, I felt like a little kid. Like, dude, what is this fan fiction? I love this. King Kong's <laughs> crawling up the hole. I'm like, hell yeah. So that, that's what it had to do, and I think it tread this line, you know, for, well enough to which it was more of a positive in how cool it was to how you know stupid the situation is. Mm-hmm. And uh, much like everyone thought, because uh, I, I guess one thing you could knock this film for is that it's predictable, but at the same time, it's predictable in the fact of like, I want this one thing to happen, and I have a pretty good feeling it's going to happen, and one of those things was uh godzilla in the end was the victor in terms yeah. of the showdown between the yeah. two which kind of came as no surprise he has to most to. people he has to win at the end there's no scenario in which king kong can beat him like right naturally king kong really stood a chance though like he was kicking some ass like That's i was true. when i first saw the trailers for this movie i was i was kind of worried because i'm like ah oh, they're probably Give you know King Kong some stupid magic shite, you know. Yeah. And it's kind of like that, but they did it in a way that didn't like ruin uh, Godzilla. You know, they built Kong up without bringing Godzilla down. So I, you know, when the fight was happening, I'm like you know, these I can see King Kong was standing a chance, and he did. And the fight scenes were awesome. They were oh yeah, no, they. It wasn't just a slobber knocker, and I do appreciate as much as you might cry the Hollow Earth stuff. Them kind of subtly settling up that like. Kong's people might have been hunting Godzilla's people for a while, hence the the axe he had was one of his scales. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I thought that was one of his scales. It, it is, yeah. It's one of his scales. That's the reason why it could uh, absor- absorb yeah. uh, his atomic breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, in terms of major big kudos points... Um, the sound mix for the film was uh, probably one of the best in recent years. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Like, I was able to uh, watch this movie with my home theater set up, and it's, uh, it's been a long time where I said to myself, man, I honestly think the sound mix was the highlight. It's pretty funny. We were I was watching this in a group. I think, yeah, Sam, you were with us, and everyone was just kind of, like, freaking out anytime anything happened and it never cut away from like i can't hear anything because of everyone shouting like everything was still pretty clear and concise i mean every impact every like bellow from the monsters it just the the mechagodzilla sound where it's like a three-tone thing because it's Ghidorah. yeah that was a detail i really liked i liked how they worked that in and it's just one of those things where and i might be repeating this with our later uh, film of uh, discussion. Uh, the storytelling doesn't stop at the visuals and the script. It goes into the sound too. And mm-hmm. I love it when people do that. It's a wonderful thing that I don't see that often anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. fuck. The, the only other time I can think of is uh, Batman v Superman, where it's like uh, <laughs> Ben Affleck is like looking at some photos or something and, and he remembers the uh the big battle in metropolis with superman and you hear the kryptonian terraforming uh lasers thing that sounds like dubstep and i'm like ah that's a neat little 
motif thing with the sound. And they do that in here. It's cool! My my favorite Kryptonian is Skrillex. Thank you, Ian. Yes. Do we have any proof? No wonder he's so strange. You don't. Exactly. I don't know how how much sun that guy gets, though. That's true. That's (laughs) Well, that's why he's not as, like... That's why he's not toppling over buildings. Which is the evil Kryptonian's uh, anti-Kryptonian. Yeah, that's what Skrillex is. Mm. I was disappointed, though, as one last knock against this movie, and it mainly comes as a joke. I was disappointed that they did not introduce Kong's strongest ability, that being able to eat power lines and conduct electricity like in the original Japanese King Kong versus Godzilla. I heard about that, yeah. And then a neat little homage to that with him having to jumpstart his heart with a bunch of electricity, so that's something. Oh, that's true. He did jam the thing down Godzilla's throat like he did in the original, too. Yeah! Yeah, I was like, oh, they worked that in. That's cool. I am waiting for Gigan to be realized on screen. yeah, is a fever dream. That's the Scyther-looking motherfucker, right? Yes. Yeah, I love him. I I really love him. He's my favorite. He's my main in like all the games. I I don't yeah, want Gigan's great. to think about how that buzzsaw stomach works. It works very effectively by cutting you in half, Ian. Uh, yes, yes, it does, and and it that <laughs> the the more I question how it works, the more it scares me. <laughs> The funniest thing is, he's one of Godzilla's biggest villains. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right up there with Ghidorah. Yeah. He straight up has a chainsaw arm uh, in in one of the later ones, and I thought that was just goofy. And laser eyes. Or laser eye, I guess, but details. So I guess, uh, all around, uh, it would seem if the question of recommending the movie comes up, we... Uh, all at once say yes. Hell oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yup. Just turn off your monkey brain. brothers. Big yup. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, if anyone's planning on watching the film, uh, either watch the film with a really good home theater system, or just, if you're vaccinated, go out and watch it in theaters. It should still be out there. It's fantastic. The sound mix is amazing, so if you also like your audio experience to be excellent, uh, it's a good time. Mm. I wish I had a home theater set up. It's Quite great. So. Mm-hmm. I have a sound bar. Now! Now! Here we go into another wee little film in which, in many ways... Several millions of dollars is burning on screen. Now, of course, it's a little different because uh, this is uh, early 2000s money burning on screen. Uh, we, we, we took a little step into the past, uh, or at least I did, when finding a recommendation. And uh, when I stumbled upon it, uh, a lot of repressed memories came back because uh, I had completely forgotten it was a thing. And naturally, revisiting it out of curiosity, I, I, I realized that uh, it had to be discussed because 
I don't think you could make a movie like this nowadays, <laughs> especially in the realm of superhero films. Mm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is, of course, the 2003 uh, art house blockbuster hybrid directed by Ang Lee, Hulk. And, oh, uh, mm, wow, <laughs> this is, this is a film. What was it that drew you to this film, Ian? This fever dream, if you will. Well, what drew me to it was because, uh, naturally with a lot of films that you watch when you're a kid, um, yeah. there's a wide variety. Uh, it's never like the same kind of film. And I remember my parents getting this movie on DVD cause they looked at it and they're like, Oh, the Hulk, Ian will like the Hulk. He likes superheroes and stuff like that. Not realizing that it would be one of the strangest superhero films to come out in a very, very long time. Uh, and I, I remember being absolutely bored to tears for like the first 40 minutes of the movie because it's nothing but talking because nothing happens and <laughs> mm-hmm. no nothing happens nothing happens um and it's only until 40 minutes in that the hulk finally shows up and when he does he's on screen for maybe like five minutes and then runs right off again <laughs> And, uh, naturally, you know, I I had to wait even longer for more Hulk, but thankfully, the thing that stuck with me was the later half of the film, when he does pop up for a good chunk of the movie, I remember that being some of the best, uh, I want to say hour, maybe half hour, of just shit being thrown everywhere things falling apart complete Mm -hmm. chaos and uh it stuck with me and uh every time after i watched it for the first time i just uh pushed the uh chapter skip button so i can get to the parts that i liked Mm -hmm. uh and then revisiting it uh i was like oh man i remember that and i remember skipping through it i i wonder if i'd like all the parts that I skipped. And uh, this may be, potentially, because I'll have to hear how you guys think about it, where uh, we have very differing opinions. Well, I have uh, some words. I did. Oh. I did. I, I liked this film. I borderline actually think that I love it for what it is. Yeah, I'll be honest. I mean, when I watched this movie as a kid i thought it was kind of scared the crap out of me there's a lot of like violent imagery in it oh yeah scary stuff but it was a uh, the fucking dogs it, yeah yeah honestly i i think i'm in the same boat as ian i really really liked it it was deeper than i thought than i remember it being and i just yeah i i, I thought it was pretty good cgi still kind of holds up just like like ian was saying like you could tell the moment i was like okay this is where the budget's going yeah <laughs> you know so it's like, holy crap, but yeah, overall, pretty darn good. It's funny, I had a similar experience to Ian, although not in the same vein. When I was a kid and this movie came out, my family went out to a drive-in theater to watch this film. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were not aware that the first, like, maybe hour or so takes place in very dark scenes. And when yeah. you're watching it in a drive-in, you just can't see anything. 
So <laughs> we just left. Yeah, it was very hard to see. Yeah. Like, the, I didn't know that I watched this movie until, like, halfway through it. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, quick question, guys. What do you think PETA thinks of this movie? Oh, they probably hate it. Oh, absolutely. There's a they lot of, like, hate it. horrific animal violence in there. That just took yes. me by surprise. Like, frog ex- frogs exploding. Yeah, that was getting, a scene. Yeah, monkeys getting just destroyed by super viruses. The dogs. Um, a reflection of man's destructive nature. Hulk nut punching a dog. Yeah, oh, yeah, I saw that. I'm like, good lord, I don't remember that. Oh. Also, can I can I just say how profound those sound effects were? Oh, yeah. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very similar to King Kong versus Godzilla. Some of the best sound design, sound mixing, and just overall sound experience uh, that I've heard in a lot of movies. So it's impossible to really talk about this movie nowadays without comparing it to the other Hulk media that's come out since then. Yeah. Um, I can't. It's it's hard for me to say that I like this Hulk more than like Ed Norton's Hulk or Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, since you know it's just different time periods. But I think what really helped my appreciation with this film in specific is reading more actual like Hulk stories and Hulk comics, because they really do their best to try to keep mostly to the original. There were some differences, of course. Like he didn't get his powers from a nuke; he got his powers from that gamma radiation test. Yeah. Yeah, it also seems like uh, he he becomes the Hulk because of a combination of the gamma radiation, but also the experimentation his uh, his dad did on him when he was a little kid. So it's almost like the gamma radiation activated what was already there. Yeah, they held no punches. Oh, if they, if, there was family abuse and murder. My the the dad Holy was crap. like one of the more interesting characters in this film. He's. When he was on screen, I was always interested. Yeah, he was nuts. He he made me uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to 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 kind of take a step back and give like a slight synopsis for what the overall you know direction of the story is. So it's obviously the origins of Bruce Banner, uh, becoming the Hulk. What leads him into this very tragic. And they really play up the tragedy side of it. The the tragic Jekyll and Hyde dynamic that uh, Bruce Banner and the Hulk have. And uh, it all started when, as a kid, um, Bruce's dad, uh, David Banner, uh, he was doing some experimentations on uh, genetic manipulation and regeneration and messing with genes. And... Um, you know, the nearby uh, military mad lad himself, uh, General Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. The what G. a name. Yeah. What a name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he obviously only saw it as, as a threat because uh, messing with genes is, is bad. Uh, so when, um, you know, David Banner wasn't getting anywhere, he tested on his son <laughs> to pass those along. And hopefully get somewhere. And so the whole movie is essentially um, David Banner trying to um, manipulate uh, Bruce into uh, becoming 
his Bruce, his uh, creation of destruction and harnessing it uh, to gain power and uh, enact revenge on those who, uh, you know, wronged him. And I think one of the strongest parts of the movie has to be the the father-son themes and just familial abuse. Absolutely. Um, and it's it's easily the most compelling thing that is throughout the whole film. Uh, and McNulty, I was, I was surprised cause I, I've only really seen McNulty's kind of like one and done kind of roles where he's a little more comedic and more like just the odd guy. Uh, fantastic performance from him really plays up the <laughs> psychosis that the character has, uh, throughout that. I would have been pleased if it was just Banner and the dad. Like, they could have gotten rid of the military stuff entirely, and I still would have been 100% on board. Oh, yeah. But naturally, you know, because it's a Hulk movie, you have to have the Hulk fighting the military, because... I guess. It's yeah, the Hulk! He got a smash! Also, his powers were really cool. Like, the dead, when he gets powers, the, the absorbing shit... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they kind of took some liberties in adapting uh, from the comics. They made David Banner uh, essentially the absorbing man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, where he tries having the gamma radiation shot into him. But uh, for him, his genes are unstable. So uh, whatever he touches, he just kind of absorbs the matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Leading to a uh, a scene that uh, we'll get into later once we uh, start going into major spoilers. Right. Um, Sam Elliott as Thunderbolt Ross, I thought was another highlight. Oh my that. god, dude! I'm not gonna lie. I think he was my favorite character in the entire movie. Oh yeah. Right. Holy crap, dude! Because I was worried when I came in. Because after reading a couple comics, like I said, I, I, Thunderbolt Ross is an absolute prick. So I was worried yes. they were going to character just accentuate that just make him an absolute unlikable son of a bitch but honestly he had the best character and the best character arc he was reasonable when he could could be he, he had his moments don't get me wrong where he was distrusting and whatnot but mm -hmm. the he only gets really just super focused on killing the hulk when he when he only he has to and i just you, you really see that thunderbolt side of him when it's like a switch he flips on when he has to dispose of the hulk he's like okay yeah we need to take him out it's, all it's in, just a very mm -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, it's all entirely reasonable, too. Like, it's not, mm -hmm. I'm afraid of what man has wrought. It's more, no, this this monster is, like, destroying shit. He's probably killed people. That, and he's also coming from the mentality of uh, sins of the father. He is dead set on the fact that uh, because Bruce Banner is the son of David Banner, that he will be no different from his father, regardless of the fact that they have not seen each other he immediately assumes he has his father's blood in him and he's gonna behave just like him and turning into the hulk only further proves his uh his you know idea of that which ordinarily is you know pretty unfair until you realize how fucked up the dad is like mm -hmm. yeah oh, no i'd be yeah. i'd be having this guy under military surveillance 28 7 Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jennifer Connelly is also uh, Betty Ross, the daughter of Thunderbolt. And um, 
she has decent enough lines and she's working with it all right but there there's a lot of reaction shots where i i don't know if it's lack of direction or or lack of ability to convey some of what's uh, supposed to be in the reaction shots but she has a lot of blank stares with her mouth open (laughs) yeah i think in every other field though um she's all right uh i i feel her and um yeah, Eric Bana. I actually forgot his name momentarily. Eric Bana. Uh, they they have decent chemistry. Uh, I felt uh, throughout the movie. Uh, you you get a sense of history and also uh, need for each other, but you also feel the tragedy because she also, f- for her own safety, has Bruce uh, sent off later on. Uh, because. <laughs> Well, we'll 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 expound on that once we uh do spoilers. Uh any other general thoughts? Uh the lead playing Bruce Banner, I, I feel was kind of weak. Yeah, Eric Banner, I mm, I've seen some of his other stuff. Again, like you said, I don't know if that was direction or just he didn't know what he was doing. It just, mm-hmm. he, he seemed very bored for a lot of it. And I get he's trying to portray, like, someone who's repressed. But I think, it again, it came more across as him just not being interested in what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've seen his other stuff. He was in a uh, another uh, very lengthy and kind of tragic movie called the, uh, the, the Time Traveler's Wife. Better, but similar problems um he just didn't quite convey at least at a decent level uh certain ranges of emotions uh apparently though i didn't realize this until uh, i had a discussion with uh scott uh eric banna is apparently uh one of the sharks from finding nemo oh well yeah he's the hammerhead He's and I distinctly remember him actually shark. being pretty all right as as that character, even though, you know, he was only in it for maybe fifteen minutes. At least he still mm-hmm. got to smash. At least he's small victories. Am I right? You. <laughs> yeah, but uh, why don't we go on ahead and go into spoilers? Is there really much okay. to spoil, though? There, there's not much of a plot. I think so, yeah. I, I, I think so. I definitely think so. So, naturally, um, the, the, the thing with, uh, between Bruce and Betty. Betty uh, recalled having a dream one time where, uh, you know, she was reenacting uh, the sequence where David Banner set off a gamma radiation explosion and naturally thunderbolt ross had to run off she was left behind at the the ice cream parlor and apparently in that same dream bruce banner uh chokes her yes (laughs) and 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 what's surprising is that um the the actions that he does in that dream he actually carries out as the hulk later on 
uh, when he goes to her house, he he picks her up very similar in in uh, the dream. And when he's done fighting the Hulk dogs, he's still having that residual anger and straight up strangles her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like, like, just the transitions alone are, like, another movie. Oh, we, yeah, we have to talk about the editing. Oh, yes. We, we've yes, completely skipped other... over the best part of the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved how visually Absolutely. stimulating this shit it was. I like how Ang tried to imitate the, the style of comics. And he, it doesn't land all the time. There's some really just awkward things. Like when they, um, in the, in the military base, that asshole gets exploded and it's just, he, he goes ah, forward. Yes. It's like a free frame. That was, that was probably the worst <laughs> example of it. But otherwise it, it was pretty good overall. It looked like it was straight out of a Quentin Tarantino movie. I wish there was more of it. Cause a lot of the scenes kind of drag on a bit. And if they were trying to do like the, picture-in-picture picture stuff and, like, do all those transitions, I think it would have spiced up a lot of the scenes where they're just sitting in a lab. Yeah, most people that I hear from when they talk about this movie, they say the transitions were uh, either pretentious or they were annoying. Frankly, I, I agree. They were very visually stimulating, and I would hope so, because apparently production was exhausting because they had to get all of that coverage from all of those angles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For, like three minute sequences <laughs> but no it, it adds a lot to the comic book feel like you said sam <laughs> yes 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 and i mean different movies around this time were trying to experiment with trying to copy that i feel uh, sam raimi was another one that had some visual flair with uh spidey man mm-hmm. um this one is a little more literal with the panels but frankly yeah visually stimulating and it helped keep the energy going in a lot of cases um when it was uh a more somber scene especially with one of my favorite scenes uh later in the movie where it's quite literally just bruce and david uh talking to each other in the military base and everything's set up with like the lighting and the platform that they're on as if it's Mm -hmm. a stage play oh yeah and like because it's a more somber scene the transitions are more subtle they kind of creep in and they slide instead of like zipping all over the place and stuff like that. i think that's my favorite scene too that again though i really love the father-son dynamic Mm -hmm. oh yeah and and uh (laughs) it does kind of lead into some uh at least to me some unintentional hilarity because mick nolte in that scene explodes Mm -hmm. and uh is doing his best yosemite sam while trying to eat donald duck impression and uh he he nailed it (laughs) yeah i I just really liked how the movie delved into the psychological aspect of the hulk a lot more than the other films yes. that we've seen have, and uh, you know, overall, yeah, like I said, surprisingly, none it's of the artsy. other films have that scene of him like wiping the stuff off the mirror, and then he sees Hulk on the other side, and he just grabs him. Pew, human. I mean, basically, that's it's as good as you're gonna get. That was basically perfect. Oh yeah, it's funny you bring up that puny human line, and this kind of goes into something that I thought about. I think when in Avengers, 
you know, Hulk is thrashing Thor around and slamming him on the ground and then walks away and says, puny god. I actually think Loki. that they were referencing that line. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I know Lou Ferrigno actually said it, which is pretty cool. Hey, and yes. Lou Ferrigno was in the, that Hulk movie. Right? Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that Lou was one Ferrigno of the better and Stan, Lee. Stan Lee cameos. But I, I like From a that different one. vantage time. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I forget where this is in the lineup in terms of, like, uh, how many times prior he's done those cameos, but uh, it was a neat little one, and Lou Ferrigno also in there. <laughs> I mean, he was <laughs> cameoing before the MCU. Oh, yeah. Like, all the all Fantastic the Fours, all the... I don't think he was in the X-Men ones. I could be wrong on that. Mm-hmm. There were a couple bits of imagery that I think were a little absurd or unnecessary. Like, I don't know about you, but um, when uh, one of the earlier dream sequences uh, Bruce was having, there was an image of a desert, a uh, very, very magenta desert, if I may add. And there's just floating jellyfish all over the place. Yeah. Like, it, some of it, I, it I, I get it's supposed weird. to be visually stimulating, but, like, it gets surreal in areas. And another thing that I was curious about, and maybe you guys might have gotten something from this, for some reason, this movie had a hard-on for doing microscopic close-ups of trees and moss on said trees. Yeah. Do any of you have any idea what that was supposed to potentially lead to? Because as you know, this is Ang Lee, and he, you know, was experimenting a lot with this movie. Anything? Because I'm, I, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. I mean, the obvious, like, comparison is natural thing turning green. Uh huh. But beyond that, I've got nothing. Yeah, I, I, I don't know either. However, I will say, even though there is some absurd stuff in that same sequence, it ends on a impactful final note. When, Because um, in the beginning of the movie, uh, David, uh, after uh, setting the gamma radiation uh, explosion to uh, go off, um, he, uh, he, he kills... Uh, bruce's mom yeah and uh earlier in the movie as a little uh memory of that uh bruce only remembers uh the door closing with them going into it and then the door opening and what's great is before he starts getting more answers earlier in the movie that same door is like being pounded on and like cracks are forming on the walls and then the door just swings open and it's the Hulk. And I thought, oh wow. That's some that's some powerful imagery right there. It shows that the Hulk wasn't born when he transformed. The Hulk was always there. Oh yeah. It was yes. born he, the day he saw his mother die. And God, that's 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 good. It's a good film. It's good Angly, good director. Plus I can't help but notice yes. when little child Bruce was playing with little things he was fighting a dinosaur and a sock monkey so you know yeah i made that connection yeah. too yeah <laughs> and what nobody realized was that he didn't turn into the hulk because of genetic modification no he turned into the hulk because he was bitten by a radioactive plush toy oh no god help us <laughs> oh god the lord the lord does get deeper 
Jesus help us. Uh, the only other thing of unintentional absurdity is uh, kind of going back to one of my favorite scenes where McNulty is just blowing up and he's just saying, you know what, you think you know the world, but I know the world better and that's how it's going to be. And straight up mocking Bruce for when he's becoming, like, distraught yeah. and, like, sad. Like, leave me alone! And then he just sits back and, like, a child, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 he sits down after Bruce has a meltdown and he just goes, yeah, mocking him. And then I'm sitting there going, like, man, he is just chewing the scenery. And almost on cue... He stands up, walks over to a nearby power line, bites off part of it, and says, I'll go! You just watch me go! And then starts chewing the scenery. I'm like, okay, wait, hang on, I was just joking. <laughs> yeah, he was... He was <laughs> and then he starts getting electrocuted, absorbing the electricity, and he's just sitting there going... Such a good character. It's amazing. You, you it's say Ross great. was your favorite. I think uh, David was my favorite. My favorite was Hulk's CG. Which, while we're on that, uh, what did we think of the representation of the Hulk himself? Not bad. He looked pretty decent. Like it, this movie didn't look that aged, aside from a few no. aspects. But the like Hulk itself. Could be standing right next to, like, the Endgame Hulk, and I wouldn't notice too much of a difference. Um, I think I could, uh, and the only reason I say that is because I think they went too far with trying to make him look like he popped out of the comic, in the mm. fact that um, his green skin is too green. And I know that may sound weird, but when you see it in motion amongst all this real-life scenery where it's already set to a certain level of colorful, he sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. And I feel if they made him like a darker green similar to uh, MCU Hulk, I don't think the illusion would have been broken that much. Uh, otherwise, him wearing the purple pants I have no problem with because he's rocking them like no tomorrow. Yeah, he had them every time he transformed, and I keep I kept forgetting to check if he was wearing them before. Mm -hmm. He wasn't always wearing them before. It was after he broke out of the uh, military base because they threw him into those yeah. uh, pants because they figured, ah, we, we don't want Hulk butt or Hulk junk. No, you got to wait till uh, Ragnarok for that. Speaking of uh, breaking out of the military base, I mean, that was also one of the <laughs> better sequences, what with Glenn Talbot uh, biting the dust. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> After being an asshole most of the movie. Cause... It didn't register right away. That was a death scene. Just because of how, like, right? <laughs> it was a freeze frame and then immediately cut away. It's like, is he, did he get out? Mm-hmm. No, he's dead. I actually think that all of the action following uh, the breakout from the military base, I think even by MCU standards, to this day, I don't think I've seen better action for the Hulk. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, people obviously were a little disappointed with how much of a slow burn this was. Frankly, I think they absolutely nailed it with doing everything everything the hulk could potentially do uh with his uh skill set and all that 
And uh, I think they nailed that. Mm. Um, everything he smashes, by the way, um, was a real prop that they uh, had to uh, throw around the place on set. So, like, when he kicks a desk, they actually had a desk on, like, wires that would be flung across the uh, set. Uh, when he would, uh, like, smash a wall, they actually had, like, um, hydraulic systems built into the wall to crush it. Mm-hmm. And it really helps sell that he's actually in that space. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Practicals always help. Yes, they always do. And as I mentioned before, uh, sound mix, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, uh, the sound mix and overall sound design of Hulk was done by Lucasfilm's very own sound design department called Skywalker Sound. Who, uh, as you can probably tell by the name, uh, same guys responsible for the soundscape of Star Wars. Maybe not the same engineers, but same affiliated group. So you know you're getting some audio quality when they are involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also, as far as I'm aware, have done basically every MCU uh, sound mix, too. So I thought that was another carryover thing uh from this hulk to the mcu which by the way i i figured uh getting the easy question out of the way um this portrayal of hulk versus um uh let, let, let's let, let's be fair and uh let's compare it to the 2008 incredible hulk uh what are our thoughts on that i think this delved to the more psycho- psychological aspects a lot better but um, I yes. think I guess you could say Edward Norton's a lot cleaner. I guess more energetic. Mm-hmm. I, I think he does a better performance. I'm too. not familiar with Norton's Hulk. Uh, that's the one I missed. Because I'm gonna be honest, I thought that was the one I watched when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> no. Apparently, I watched this one, and again, I wasn't even aware of that until about halfway through it. Right. Ah, this movie, I mean, it does a lot of interesting stuff. It's it's uh, it's filmed fantastically. It has fantastic uh, cinematography, um, and you can tell that like there there's some uh, vision behind it. Like um, there was a part where uh, David and uh, the Hulk are fighting each other, and it's like uh, w- when he absorbs that electricity. He, uh, like, shoots both him and the Hulk into the sky and, like, starts traveling <laughs> through the sky. And every time the lightning clash, you see the Hulk just, like, caught in the clouds. Yeah. Yeah, That's it looked like Renaissance paintings. It was cool. I just <laughs> wish it sat on it longer because some of it you couldn't quite get a good glimpse at. Because, again, it's a very darkly lit movie. Yeah. I remember watching it on the DVD. I don't know if they perhaps touched it up or if it's just a better TV that I'm using. But I remember on DVD, I couldn't see a thing. And, uh, yeah, it still kind of carries over here. I I feel like if um, they held on one of the clouds a bit longer to really emphasize that, oh, yeah, this is like a almost like a painting in the sky because I could see what he was going for. I just wish, you know. Things like that we sat on a little longer, especially considering we sit on other things, such as 
moss on trees and jellyfish in deserts and it just makes me wonder why would you pass up on that <laughs> mm. good question mm-hmm but overall would recommend yeah i would recommend it i would recommend it with the caveat that you're going to need to put some time in before this movie gets interesting yeah like that first uh, go in understanding that uh you can't make a movie like this nowadays. That first half is a bit of a drag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Scott, would you recommend the film? I can't in good conscience recommend it. Really? Nah? Nah. That's well, let me ask you this. Were you enjoying it or were you laughing at it? more laughing than anything okay i can understand this is a very strange film and it does some funky stuff indeed i've just never been the biggest hulk fan so i can't really i i can have a basis relate to that i never saw the 2008 either so i don't really have an opinion 2008 really like i'm gonna be honest like uh Unless you're a diehard Hulk fan, I, I actually think, um, in terms of portrayals, you might find more to enjoy here than in uh, the, the later Edward Norton one. Because here's the other thing, um, I, I think all along the Edward Norton one was supposed to be an indirect sequel to this one, because when you think about it, this movie ends where the Hulk is in South America. In 2008 Hulk... He's in South America. And the other thing is, is that in Avengers, uh, he's somewhere when they find him. And obviously he's played by Mark Ruffalo, doesn't really look anything like um, Eric Bana. But you could also say that that's because he's an older Hulk. One of those two things. I don't know. But frankly, uh, what's interesting is that you could potentially, potentially, because the style of the film I think is too outlandish uh, for MCU standards. Uh, you could see, you know, the MCU Hulk as an extension and a, and a uh, evolution of uh, Eric Bana Hulk, at least to me. Potentially. I mean, I, I didn't really get into the Hulk until I read the amazing comic series. I think everyone should read The Immortal Hulk. Check it out. That's mm. one of the more recent stories, too, isn't it? Oh, dude, it's amazing. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Read it. It's fucking dope. I would love it. They Zack Snyder like should do a Hulk film, considering yeah, how no, much collateral no, damage no, he Absolutely no. Absolutely no. No. <laughs> no. Stop there. I mean, shit. He, he likes Superman doing it. He likes having Batman murder people, and he likes having Doomsday jump around and break buildings. Why the fuck not? I, I think we've talked enough about Snyder. We, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> All I'm saying, he likes to do that. I feel like he can uh, quench his thirst for collateral damage if he just does that movie. I'm not even saying it because I want a Zack Snyder Hulk film. I I frankly wouldn't care less. I'm just saying, hey, Zack, quench your thirst. (laughs) So, yeah. That is Hulk. Uh, It's available on a couple services amazon stars stuff like that i recommend if you like the hulk frankly going the route i did and just get it on blu-ray because the sound mix is 
hella worth it, mm-hmm. and it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. This has been our insightful moment. Join us next time for 2005's The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. The rotation begins anew, and James has picked that film. And uh, obviously we will share the deets on uh, where it is available for viewing later on check out the newly created subreddit for more info on such sessions over at r slash the inciting moment and we hope to hear from uh everyone seeing you having your butts planted in those seats whether it's in a car an office a living room wherever secret government just don't listen to it you know standing anywhere (laughs) all righty a well, great movie for thanks Father's for tuning Day. in, everybody. All right. Have Bye-bye. a good one, John. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Ah, The Hulk, a great Father's Day movie.